Hello and welcome to episode two of the TGN podcast. We're back again for another week of Xbox and PlayStation news and gaming and all kinds of good stuff. With me today, I have Ollie. Hello. Hello. You okay? All good, thank you. How are you? Amazing, thank you. It's Friday. And we also have Sam again. Hello, Sam. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I thought the first thing we'd touch on is it's following up on something we discussed at length uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's following on the the sad demise of Telltale Games. Mm. So some good news appeared this week. I think it was late last week, I think it was. Robert Kirkman, who's like the creator of the comics and everything for The Walking Dead, his uh, company Skybound has agreed terms with Telltale to finish the two episodes that we, nobody knew what was going to happen. So we are actually going to get a proper finale to Clem's story, which I think is great. And they're also discussing, I think, with some of you know the the staff from Telltale to try and get them involved. Obviously, some of them might have found new positions now, but I think they try to get. You know, short-term contracts drawn up with them. So they, I suppose that's a great, good thing as well. So they've got some work while they can also look for new jobs in the future. So all around, I think it's probably the best resolution that could have come out of the situation. Yeah, yeah I think it's interesting because it doesn't sound like they're looking to like open a studio or anything like that. It sounds like they really are just looking to help a ragtag group of developers just finish it off. And, and a lot of the language was like, this isn't for Telltale's sake. This is for the sake of the fans and the sake of the developers that have, you know, had to abandon their project halfway through. I think it kind of sounded quite unusually positive for a company like that to be like, no, no, we just want to finish this properly. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good ending hopefully for, for the series. I agree. It's a good thing, but I think it's, I don't really know, but it makes me wonder how far along they were with it by the time all this happened. Like, did they have the whole story mapped out? Was the possible story going to change? Well, the rumor I've heard, I mean, I don't know about the actual, I imagine the actual plot, like the basic plot yeah. must have been sketched out. Must but the rumors been. I've heard is that Telltale were really running episode to episode in terms of development. They were mm-hmm. not really sketching much of the development of the next episode out until the previous one was done which to be honest is probably how they got into trouble in the first place so <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see how they can kind of ramp back up to the the level of sort of burning that they were doing before because it seems like they were really crashing through each episode just as soon as the last one's gone they're just like right now we've got to just do the whole of the next one without really sort of having a necessarily a huge detailed plan of, of how they're going to attack it. So it, it'd be really interesting to see how a, a company that hasn't really had a hell of a lot to do with development is going to jump in halfway through a series and, and yeah. get something out of it. But hopefully it'll be good. I suppose, yeah, it's a good resolution as long as the story ends properly. You know, it's not yeah rushed out or even worse bugs than what Telltale's engine used to have <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, fingers crossed. I don't think there was any kind of mention of, you know, when we can expect episode three. But at least we know it's coming, so that's something to hold on to for you Clem fans out there. Another effect of Telltale Games' closure is that they plan to publish uh, The Stranded Deep, which obviously now isn't going to happen. That was due to release, I think, this week. Yeah. So now those developers have had to pull the game and I'm guessing they're frantically trying to find someone to step in on publishing duties. Yeah, it's so sad. Like they, they actually, I saw this through their Twitter account where they, they said, we've just noticed that our game hasn't published on the stores this morning. So right up until they were supposed, wow. to, it was supposed to be coming out Monday and they had to put up on Twitter and say, we've had a look on the store and we can't see our game. So I guess... I guess it's not happening for us. Awful. Was it planned a physical yeah. version as well, or was it just no? Digital? It was just digital, and it's. I think it's been in early access on Steam for a while, so it's it's been in people's hands. And and generally, it seems like people are really enjoying it. It's a. It seems like a, just a survival game, but tropical island based. But yeah, they've really been left in the lurch with this. So I hope I would have thought that hopefully there are a fair few publishers around who could look at something like a survival game and think, yeah, we could probably turn that around and make a quick buck out of it. So hopefully they'll mm-hmm. get back on their feet 
but yeah, it's, it's, it must be such a blow to to be wondering all the last couple of weeks, like, are we actually going to release yeah. our game or not? And then to only find out because the game just hasn't <laughs> actually turned up on the store mm-hmm. uh, must be a bit devastating. But I mean, hopefully there's a bit more publicity around it because of this. Oh, not, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it does finally release, then they've got the the eyes of, of more people than they would have before, I suppose. Absolutely. But it is get- really sad to hear it like that i'm g- guessing it's going to be more of just like a technical thing because i mean it's pretty straightforward to you know self-publish through id on xbox i know playstation's been good with self-publishing indies and things so unless it's monetary support that they need for a publisher I, I can't see it being delayed too long i guess that's what it is though i think i would have thought that the game's ready to go but technically the the contract between the publisher and sony and microsoft like that contract is void so whatever cost it there is to put it on the store i guess just hasn't been paid i i i would have thought it'd be something like that so yeah if they do get another publisher it probably will be pretty quick for them to to sort that out but obviously they have to negotiate new contracts whether sony and microsoft on their end you know who knows what their process is like for reapplying for that kind of stuff it might be might be a bit of a nightmare but Hopefully, because like you said, because of the publicity, like there may be some smoothing over of of bureaucracy and stuff to get it back out there. Yeah, for sure. But we shall keep you updated on both sides as soon as we see more. Hopefully, we'll get some answers pretty quickly. Uh, moving on to the big game that is going to smash everything, I'm imagining, at the end of this month, Red Dead. We had some hot news that appeared earlier this week. Yeah, so the Red Dead Redemption 2 trophy list has been leaked, allegedly. <gasps> Shocking. Yeah, not by us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh so we discovered that there's a there's a guy who is using a alternative account, so we don't really know who the guy is really. Um but he's been leaking a few trophy lists mm. uh over the last three or four months uh, he got hold of shadow of the tomb raider and um assassin's creed odyssey and call of duty as well and the latest big one the one that he kept kind of teasing oh i've got i've got red dead too i've got red dead too um and he, yeah he's revealed it he doesn't seem to be apparently he's not a reviewer he's not a marketer he's not really talking about exactly how he's managing to get hold of this and he's not releasing any kind of gameplay footage or anything like that it's just the trophy list but he claims that because he's not under any kind of nda there's no reason he can't do it so it's a little bit strange we're not really sure exactly what's going on but certainly the lists that he's leaked before have all been pretty legitimate there's not there's not been any uh fakery going on so yeah the list that's gone up on on true trophies we're assuming is probably going to be the final list. So there's, there's an interesting mix of stuff in there. Yeah, there are a few small uh, plot spoilers in there. Yeah, um, so I had uh, to quickly remove those because I suddenly thought, hmm, people are going to want those uh, <laughs> blocked behind spoiler tags because otherwise they're going to learn some stuff they don't want to know. Yeah, it's nothing too bad, to be honest. I mean, I've read it and I, I didn't want this plot completely spoiled for me, but I feel like I don't really know that much about it, having read the entire list. I but, don't know. I thought there was one. there's one miscellaneous trophy that i think has some pretty heavy implications for where the story is going i thought so i thought that one especially get that behind a spoiler tag Uh, okay (laughs) okay i'm not reading it i've looked at everything (laughs) apart from the the hidden stuff yeah i did notice there was quite a few for red dead online Mm. and it looks like it looks like there's going to be a lot of variation in what you can do and it kind of looks like a like I, I guess I imagined it was going to be like a, an extension of the single player game, but you know, in multiplayer, loads of activities to do and stuff. Because it's there's all sorts going on in there, mm. picking herbs and selling things to a butcher. So I'm really excited to that just riding around in your posse, yeah, <laughs> picking I, some I, flowers together. <laughs> I must admit the way that it says sell twenty items to the butcher with the butcher in with a like capitalized B, it made me think is that almost like is that actually going to be food or is there something more sinister going on there yeah, i wonder whether that might be one of those yeah. strangers and freaks kind of things where you're finding bounties out in the desert and then you're selling them as meat somewhere <laughs> but like uh, back in uh was it gta3 there was a there was a series of missions in gta3 where you were killing off some guy's uh adversaries and then 
he was selling it as dog meat or something. I'm sure that was one of the missions. So they might that might be a little throwback. Who knows? I've never yeah. actually um, played GTA Five or any of the Rockstar games online mode. So it'll probably mm. be the first time I will be doing that on Red Dead. But I got a vague idea of what it's like. It's all server based, if I'm correct, or at least it was on on PC. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's typically like it's a it's a persistent online world that's the same model as the as a single player world, but there's no real crossover with the actual content of the single player. The, the story doesn't necessarily line up. Although in GTA Online, a lot of the support characters turn up, and even some of the protagonists kind of turn up. I think, I think technically it was set. The idea was that the online segment was set before the events of the single player. So oh, okay. all the characters are kind of around, but none of the stuff that happens during the story kind of affects what yeah. goes on in the online. So you get to meet all the characters again. They all, they all have new lines and new jokes and everything oh, else. Wow. So okay. I would expect something similar, although to be fair, Red Dead Online in the first Red Dead Redemption wasn't too similar to GTA Online, but I can only imagine that they're going to want to try and iterate on the success of For sure. GTA Online. And sell, um, I don't know, I guess they're going to be called like coyote cards or something like that this time. Mm. <laughs> so you can buy all your, your special horses and cowboy hats and boots and things, but definitely exciting. Not long to wait at all now. Speaking of special horses and special coats and hats. Uh, <laughs> so Red Dead Redemption 2's got some exclusive PS4 content, which was, it was spotted by um, some people looking at the listings on, I think, Walmart or something like that. They saw that the PS4 Pro box for Red Dead Redemption 2 bundle said something about PS4 exclusive content, which obviously got people thinking about, oh, amazing, there's going to be some contracts, there's going to be some missions or something. Yeah, but, like a single mission or something like that, yeah. But no, um, it's it's an outlaw outfit, which is basically just a fancy-sounding wool-lined long coat <laughs> with custom hand-tooled leather accent, <laughs> a leather vest with ornate pattern details, stand wingtip <laughs> collar with black neckerchief, and an ornate buckle. So yeah, that's... Uh, massively exciting i, um, I and, laughed and, quite a lot when i first read that <laughs> yeah <laughs> they went into a lot of detail yeah. which i quite enjoyed um and then yeah the red chestnut arabian horse which is apparently faster than the tier one horses that you get in the game so so which is interesting so i'm guessing that means there's going to be a tiered system for for horses in the online section mm. um and a double action revolver with a fancy bit of scroll work on the handle that's that's it so far anyway i mean it didn't sound the the announcement was kind of vague as to whether there was going to be any more than that but i don't know this this seems like it might actually be it so you're just getting a fancy suit a horse and a gun yeah so i guess that's like a a wider issue though i'm I'm really not a fan of you know like sony and microsoft you know exclusive content and stuff like that and even publishers you know like if, if you're a massive fan of some games and it's like you go and you can buy from say game here in the uk will have some special mission mm-hmm. and then amazon will have a mission and it, it's just it's it's shady in it <laughs> try to get i don't know it seems like you try to get people to buy multiple versions of the same game just to get everything it's just mm-hmm. not a fan yeah and stuff like this i feel like it cuts both ways because you've got non-PlayStation players saying, well, you know, it's annoying we don't get that extra content. And then PlayStation players probably thinking, well, we were expecting something more. <laughs> yeah, so is it really helping? It's a bit of a spit in the face, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. They can't brag about that one anymore on Twitter. No, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Another rock star rumor, and it kind of reminded me of what we were talking about last week with the Harry Potter RPG mm. being set in a school. But there's there's rumours and things happening that hinting towards Bully too. Yeah, I mean it's it's a stretch of a rumour. Don't get me wrong. No, basically, don't do that to me. You got to just confirm it. No, basically, what's happened <laughs> is that Pinewood Studios, which is a massive entertainment studio in the UK, one of the biggest for for filming movies and everything else, they've put out a casting call for a new unannounced video game title with a leading UK games developer. And the casting call is looking for young teenage performers. There's talk that their performances would involve mild violence and profanity. And there's also some calls alongside it for 
some college professor characters as well. This is all coming from Rockstar Intel, who are a, a kind of a fan site that look out for anything Rockstar related. And they claim that Rockstar representatives have come into engagement with this listing, which they don't really explain what that is. But I guess they're <laughs> they saying that they've, <laughs> somehow they've worked out that some Rockstar people have retweeted yeah. something or, or something right. like that. Mm. So it's it's very vague. And it's interesting that the listing actually calls it a thriller stra- slash drama. But whether that's just to put people off, I don't know. But it certainly there's not that many UK games developers that I would consider to be big enough to go for somewhere like Pinewood. I mean, it's a massive... I mean, they, they did work for uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all the James Bond movies. Like, it's a big deal to to use Pinewood as a studio for, for a game. So it would need to be someone similar to Rockstar's size. And there's not that many UK developers that, that I would say could match that, certainly in terms of, like, narrative gaming. So there's there's a fair chance that, that they could potentially be doing Bully 2. But I... It's interesting for me because I don't, I can't really see Rockstar doing another game like the original Bully in terms of it just being like a straightforward single player uh, kind of action adventure thing. I think that, and yeah, this is where it becomes a little bit like the Harry Potter thing we were talking about last last week, is that what if they did an online kind of component to something like Bully as well? I mean, if with Bully 2, they could potentially look at doing something where multi multiple players are all attending the school at the same time uh, and they're you know pranking each other or like trying to get good grades or they're messing around in school or whatever so it could be it could be an interesting time for them to think about the success they've had with GTA and with Red yeah. Dead and see whether they can apply it to something else but yeah i must admit it is all unfortunately a little bit of a stretch at this point as much as i'd like oh, it to be true it's definitely a stretch <laughs> have either of you played Bully? I yeah, I have. Bit back in the yeah. day. I guess it would have been GTA 3 that was around at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I preferred it over that. I love Bully. I really mm-hmm. want to play Bully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting because I don't know if there's anything else on the horizon for Rockstar. I mean, Red mm-hmm. Dead's about to come out. So, I mean, obviously they're working on something. Um, I mean, I don't know too much. Maybe they are. Maybe there has been things announced which they are working on. But um, um, yeah, I don't think they're doing anything at the moment. But obviously, they they have very long and secretive development schedules. So it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that all they're doing now is working on GTA Six, and it will come out in five years. Like that's that's the kind of do you think schedule that they they often work they, on, especially well, since GTA got, Online as well. They have got GTA Red Dead. Uh, Max Payne is that still theirs? Yeah, I think so. They did Max Payne 3, didn't they? So they could do something like that. Bully. Are they just a new IP? You never know. Table yeah, tennis. Want, they, they? Did, they did table tennis back in the day. Yeah, I'll leave, Maybe they'll I'll just whack that, that out. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big announcement is uh, Rockstar table tennis. <laughs> Students versus teachers table tennis. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, we've got a question from Tyler about kind of Rockstar Red Dead related. He says... Why do you think other companies are not trying to emulate the success Rockstar Games have had with large open-world single-player campaign and multiplayer activities? Could this not work with other games like Assassin's Creed, Shadow of Mordor, or Mass Effect? I think it's partly the fact that Red Dead have had this... uh, Sorry, not Red Dead. uh, GTA has had this massive online thing blow up. But I think even though Rockstar are very canny about this sort of stuff, I don't think they necessarily expected gta online to blow up as much as it did and they probably adjusted a lot of their internal Mm -hmm. development plans around the fact that wow like online is is going to be a huge deal and we're just going to keep supporting it and i think a lot of those other games that he mentioned assassin's creed shadow of mordor and mass effect have all had their problems with Mm -hmm. with kind of player faith um particularly with mass effect and assassin's creed around things like multiplayer like there's a lot of times that they've tried something like that Mm -hmm. and it's not really worked out i mean granted they've never done like a big persistent online world for the multiplayer side of things it's always been sort of little multiplayer games but it's a huge investment for some for those brands and those brands aren't necessarily as strong as rockstars are i mean people will uh, gta 5 is still in the charts every week for for purchases i don't even understand how that's possible surely everyone owns it by now but yeah assassin's creed and mass effect are popular but 
they do also get a lot of flack, particularly when they try and do different things. So yeah. it would be a huge investment for quite a lot of risk, I think. I think the um, the kind of GTA multiplayer has been a thing people wanted for, for years. Mm. People, people made mods for um, San Andreas on the PC where you could, it was basically just an online game. It was called San Andreas Multiplayer, and it was. I played it a little bit, and it had a fairly big community for basically what was just you know uh, a little modding community that started this mm. uh, server. So I don't know if, if it's been the same for those other franchises. Like people aren't clamoring for Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Maybe they are, but I don't think I don't see much of that. Um, but I think before GTA had multiplayer and you know the capabilities were there people definitely wanted it a lot um, i think as well it's 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 sandbox chaos isn't it like gta has always been about you go into a big world and you blow up whatever you want and loads of stupid things happen exactly. and kind of yeah. the idea of just going let's just chuck 30 players into that is pretty straightforward mm-hmm. concept whereas assassin's creed yeah half the problem with the multiplayer even as it was was that people were just going in and messing around but the kind of concept of Assassin's Creed is to be stealthy or to be creative and and try and do things carefully. But most most popular massive online worlds are just about kind of running in and blowing stuff up, uh, particularly with GTA. So I guess it would be a little bit of a hard sell for for those franchises. Sure, especially for Assassin's Creed, you'd have to set up like game modes and stuff, or mm. either you change like the way Assassin's Creed plays, or you make the multiplayer not the same as gta you make it a non-sandbox where you have goals and you know like call of duty or something but yeah i agree the people want the chaos that you get from gta and you can't really emulate that in in most other of these big open world games Hmm. i think the weapons as well like even in red dead you've got pistols and shotguns and stuff like that imagine 30 people try to stab each other with a hidden blade. Exactly. <laughs> There's been quite a bit of industry and hardware-related news appearing. So we'll start with Microsoft at E3 this year kind of hinted at this streaming service that they were going to be introducing. They've announced it this week. It's going to be called xCloud. It's going to be a public trial in 2019, and it's going to let you play different games on any Android device, so you can stream to tablets and phones. There's no mention of other things like iOS at the moment, but I'm guessing it will do. Fingers crossed, because I don't have any Android devices. But yeah, so basically you'll be able to play any game streamed from their Azure cloud servers that they've got all around the world mm-hmm. and stream like quality games to your phone. There's images there and videos of like devices that are linked to your controller, so you can play it with a controller i'm guessing that i connect via bluetooth and there was uh, i think images of people like with the tablet you know with the kind of like what some phone games do now where the controls are kind of overlaid on top of the game at the side mm-hmm. but i think it's a pretty exciting announcement i don't know if it's something i'd make a ton of use of myself but playing on the go imagine sitting on a train for three hours and passing that time by playing yeah Gears of War or Halo yeah, or something. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Although it's reliant on connection, I guess, obviously. But yeah, it's exciting. It is. It's amazing to me that they can get this service to work over like a 4G connection or whatever. Like mm. I was still under the impression that you'd need like a like a godly connection to, to get this to work. But clearly, obviously, the tech guys at Microsoft know a lot more about it than me. But <laughs> um, yeah, if, if it works and it works smoothly, then it's amazing. Um I've got a feeling that part of the reason they bought Mixer or Beam as it was then, they kind of figured out this way to, you know, super low latency streaming, didn't they, for normal game streaming. Mm. And now they've managed to fit add into that, you know, like players can control the streams and stuff like that mm. in pretty much almost real time. It's going to be interesting to see how, small they can get the lag because playing something like halo you know and if you've got half a mm. second of lag exactly you're gonna struggle aren't you yeah but it's gonna be interesting uh didn't playstation have a service like this? i know you could stream to a vita yeah so you can yeah you can stream to a vita from the playstation but it's 
it's okay. I think there's a lot more limitations than the xCloud project seems to imply. And I think that it is based on, I think it's just based on Wi-Fi. So you just, you just, as long as you have to be kind of near your PlayStation and right, you okay. can just put it on. So I suppose it's, it's more like, I guess maybe like a switch in that it's just, mm. you have to be near the actual home console. You can't, you can't just kind of do it anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not as advanced as what, what, Microsoft's talking about and obviously you have to have a Vita like it has to be PlayStation's hardware so it's it's not something I don't I don't think that Sony are quite ready to to catch up with to be honest I mean it'll be as I said it'll be interesting to see how well they pull it off I mean if there's input lag across the board then people aren't going to want to use it and it needs to be yeah. as good as you know playing an Xbox at home for people to enjoy their experience with it so It'll be interesting to see if there's issues or, you know. Uh, we've got a couple of questions about, well, related to xCloud. We do. We have two. One uh, from Michael Chierson. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Uh, but he says, with Xbox announcing streaming to mobile for games, do you think achievements will be for just the title or can we double up like with 360 and Xbox One games? Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be just a, a single list like it. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be like a, at the moment, you can play something on your Xbox One and then go to your Windows 10 PC and you, it gets you saved from the cloud and you can just carry on. I'm guessing it's going to be similar to that kind of thing. Like it'll be one game across all your devices yeah. and one save Yeah, would be my guess. Yeah, I think that the, X, the 360 and Xbox One stacking stuff and a lot of the stacking stuff that's been around over the last few years is a bit of a hangover from from Microsoft not being kind of ready to just kind of have one game file that is then just distributed to different uh, different platforms. And I think the fact that they're really kind of doubling down on this idea of having a one-stop shop, you know, if you can play stuff on your S, you can play stuff on your X, and now potentially you can play stuff on on other devices. I think that it makes sense, particularly with their, their cloud platform and stuff, to just have the one game file and it's optimized for for everything a bit like they've done with windows with the universal windows uh, apps yeah. and stuff you know it's it's all just the same thing and it's it should be that there's a requirement if you're going to build something like that that it should work on kind of every single platform so i i, I think we may see fewer stacks in the future it's an interesting question but um i think the answer's you know fairly obvious so Stanley says, with Project X Cloud being announced this week, do you guys see game streaming to other devices as the next big thing in quotation marks? Do you think Sony will adapt something similar to compete with this on Xboxes and Nintendo Switch? I do see Sony attempting it in some vein. Um, whether it's the next big thing is kind of another question. I think it probably is. I mean, as people's home connections get better and you need less and less hardware, you know, to be able to stream these games, then it's a kind mm. of a no brainer, but um, it might reduce the yeah. price of the consoles. It might not. Who knows? Yeah. I think, I think part of the, one of the factors, particularly for Sony is, is I don't think that kind of stuff is necessarily as big in Japan. And obviously they've got, they've got that to think about as well, because they've, they've got such a big presence in Japan and there's a lot of, local thinking still going on with a lot of the most popular kind of activities in Japan. It's not necessarily about sort of doing these big global uh, connect from anywhere stuff, you know, look at, I mean, you just have to look at Nintendo still using its friend codes in order to be able to connect with people. You know, you have to still manually put in a code, but, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that I think they're going to have to adjust to. I know that we've had a story on, on true trophies actually where the, uh, one of the Sony C well, the Sony CEO, was talking to the Financial Times just generally about Sony's performance. And he mentioned a couple of things that related to PlayStation. One, that that there's definitely going to be a hardware component to whatever their next generation is. He didn't call it PlayStation 5, but mm. he was sort of confirming that there's still going to be a hardware aspect to it. So they're certainly not going to suddenly jump into sort of entirely it's all in the cloud kind of thinking just yet. And I'm not sure anyone is going to do that just yet either. But but the other interesting thing is that he really was talking about the fact that Sony have struggled for a long time with some of their old-fashioned thinking in terms of they've always been a hardware company first. Mm-hmm. A lot of their biggest successes over the years were 
bits of hardware, whether it's TVs or, you know, the Walkman or things like that. And, and certainly the PlayStation is similar in that it's the hardware that sold it for a long time. Whereas Microsoft have obviously slowly been building up a lot of stuff in the background. Yeah, okay, their consoles haven't necessarily uh, been people's favorites, but they've certainly been amassing a lot of tech in the background for being able to stream stuff. And obviously Xbox Live is a big, it, well, Xbox Live is is such a convenient service that nintendo for minecraft have just turned around and said okay you can just use an xbox live account to get into minecraft so they've certainly been building up a big uh software and server related presence that i don't think sony yeah have been quite as strong on for a long time as we've seen recently with their crossplay stuff and um and some of the other issues that people have had with their attitudes towards that end of the service they they definitely got some catching up to do and it seems like they're starting to turn the ship around in that direction but i think it's going to be a while before i don't think they're going to suddenly jump out and say hey you can play every playstation game on your mobile phone like it's it's going to take a little little while to see that happen i think well microsoft is like the direct opposite of that i guess mm-hmm. like their whole thing is you know cloud first mobile friendly mm-hmm. I don't know how big it'll be on mobiles and stuff like that because you've obviously got the problem of data limits and things like that. I think the connection will probably be fast enough to, for it to work well because, like, I, my 4G connection's 60 megabits per second, you know, in Manchester. So the connection, I don't think, will be a problem. But it'll be that limit of how much you can actually play games. But I think in terms of, you know, the home, like, you can have a choice. Do you want to buy an Xbox One console? Or maybe have you know, like apps on TVs, you know, mm. smart TVs, and just play, plug a controller in that way into your smart TV or something, and be able to play. I think it could have massive possibilities for the future. Yeah. I mean, it, it, does it completely eliminate the cost of having a console? Like, mm. does it? Do they sell it as a console where it's just a box where which allows you to stream games from there? Um, that may be the thing, yeah. or, or mm. is it just as you say something where you can just plug in any other device into it, um, which essentially, obviously, you still have to pay for that service, but it's very different to buying and owning a console. It's not like a lump sum anymore; it's just a service, which is basically yeah. put- where Xbox has been going for a while. I think. Um, oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. I mean, consoles have always been a loss leader kind of thing, anyway. Like the actual hardware. For, for both companies has never been necessarily the thing that, makes that eventually makes them money. Yeah. So any way they can start to mm-hmm. kind of cut down how much they're investing in that hardware would obviously be an advantage to them. But but it's it's such a gray area. There, I imagine that I think that the fact that everyone's talking about it and everyone's ramping up to it doesn't necessarily mean that the technology is right there and it, everyone's going to be able to play like this. I think it's more that they're all reacting to each other, kind of taking tentative steps in that direction. But I don't think anyone's really sure whether this could really blow up and be yeah. be the future just yet. You know, well, there's always going to yeah, be people that want an offline option, isn't isn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So you can't really ever get rid of that market, I don't think. Because as soon no. as your service goes down, then just everyone that's on it can't play games anymore. So it's yeah, it's quite a big which point was of which was Xbox's disaster in the first place with Xbox One. You know when they were claiming that, so they're definitely going to have to be cautious about how they how they present this because yeah, they don't need another Xbox One reveal on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting times indeed. Anything more to add on that? No, I think we covered it fairly well. Uh, we got a, a question from Drizzle, kind of related to future systems mm-hmm. uh-huh drizzle 084 he says i saw a report on a game company looking for someone to help with fps games for next gen systems do you expect an announcement next year about next gen or do you think it'll be 2020 when they announce slash release what do you think sam so playstation i think are ramping up to maybe pushing forward their announcements so we had a story a while ago where and it wasn't really a, a kind of a press conference or anything, but one of their chief executives in one of their departments was basically saying that the the next generation for PlayStation wasn't going to be until 2021. But a lot of the movements that have been happening recently, and, and we'll come on to another one of those in a second, but there's been a lot of shifting around of policy in Sony. They're definitely reacting to the market a lot more than just kind of being behind closed doors. And I think personally we could see a similar announcement for PlayStation 5 or whatever they call it to the way that the Xbox One X was done. So my bet is on 
2019 E3, we get a tease at the end of the Sony conference that a PlayStation 5 is coming, and then the following year it will come out. So it'll be 2020 release, and, and the 2020 E3 will be the big kind of breakdown into what the console is and what's coming out for it and things like that. That's that's my prediction. I think they're going to tease it next year and then bring it out in 2020. Okay. Do you think Xbox will be on a kind of similar timeline uh, or I think they're a bit trickier because obviously they're doing all this this streaming stuff and a lot of iterative thinking so it's a bit harder to tell exactly what they're going to do and obviously they do have the most powerful console out there at the moment mm-hmm. and it hasn't been out for long whether they abandon that and move on from there I don't know it's it's it would be a tricky thing to sell to people at this point i think we might get uh like similar to so like what you think so i think we might get an announcement at e3 next year mm. release in 2020 and maybe by then the parts and things for an xbox one x will probably have dropped mm. so the x could become the replacement for the s model mm-hmm. and like the new one would become the new x if you know what i mean right. so i think everything's going to be like backwards compatible and yeah. It's just going to be like a family of devices rather than, you know, completely new kind of consoles. I think that'll be the way it'll go. But maybe they could just do that, just keep shifting the lower model and drop the price of the next one down again, I guess. Mm. It's always interesting to me what they're going to decide to call them as they yeah. start running out of more stuff to, like, say. I don't know. Well, Sony have got it right with the net just numbers, haven't they? Whereas yeah, but X, PS5 is five too many. Where do you start? Well, a lot of people were saying, how are they going to make PS5 not look like PSS? Like, how are they <laughs> going to structure that 5 so it doesn't just look like PSS? It's going to be confusing for people. Sam asking the bird. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the questions that are going around on the forums. I, I don't know why people are thinking in that much detail. But yeah. Saying that, though, this, this whole generation, you know, like the, the mid-gen new consoles in the Pro and the X has kind of blown the whole just generation thing wide open. Yeah. We might get new generations completely, but from this, like the way, definitely the way Microsoft has been thinking in terms of you know backwards compatibility and things, I can't see them doing whole generation shifts again. Mm. And even if maybe you keep an Xbox One, maybe the, this X Cloud thing will be good enough, you know, in your home that you can play the best new games and use your old console as some kind of streaming device instead of having to upgrade or whatever. I don't know. Weren't the rumours of the the new PS5 or whatever it's going to be, like that back compat was going to be a hundred percent a thing? Yeah, like a, that is that is definitely the rumour, and I think it makes sense because the reason they couldn't do it with the PS3 is because the PS3 was a mess in terms of its architecture. It was so it was so difficult to to do any kind of emulation for it. But I think the the kind of the rumours going around is that it would be a lot more straightforward to do. PS4 compatibility onto onto a PS5 and certainly they've obviously now got the time to make sure when they build the PS5 that they're building that kind of technology into it so I think it's probably likely I mean they've always they've always backtracked on it before in the past they've said that they don't think people really want it enough but they also said that about crossplay and obviously they've, <laughs> they've backtracked on that so I think we're about to see a shift I think the main thing we'll see from PlayStation is a big shift in the way that they communicate and the way that they react to what people want. Because I think one of the, although the PS4 has been a huge seller this this generation, I think one of the takeaways people have had, unfortunately for them, is that they've got a lot of problems with the way they communicate to fans in terms of the stuff that they want, and they don't necessarily deliver on some of that stuff. So um, I think we'll probably see a change in that direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but one thing they are finally delivering on mm-hmm. <laughs> was announced this week. You're going to be able to change your name on PlayStation. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so this is an interesting story because, well, I mean, basically the, the way that it's going to be set up is exactly the same as Xbox in that if you want to change your PSN name, you can do it once for free. And then if you want to do it again, it's going to be uh, $10, which I imagine it would just translate to £10 in the UK. So yeah, so it's a similar setup. But the interesting thing is, and the reason why PlayStation haven't been offering this PSN ID change in the past is because they seem to have real problems getting it to work. Um, when the, when this rumor first turned up, it was the rumor was coming from a bunch of developers who were frantically trying to get their older games to work with the new 
PSN ID functionality. Um, and in the statement that they've released for for this PSN ID change, which at the moment is just going to be in like a beta uh, a beta test, it's not going to be fully launched until next year. But the note that they've kind of put in there is that the feature is compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st, 2018. Mm-hmm. And the large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date However, please not all, note all, not all games and applications for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita systems are guaranteed to support the online ID change, and users may occasionally encounter issues or errors in certain games, which is yeah. an extremely worrying thing to put in yes. there, to be honest, <laughs> in, particularly for people who care about you know, their profile, their history, and if you're sitting on a massive backlog of games, and some of those have got an online component particularly, it, it raises a lot of questions about what they mean by errors well, and what they mean yeah. by it kind of implies that those games were basically just using your id as your identifier for yeah. it, you know behind the scenes um, yeah. which obviously isn't good like they've got a new thing now obviously they've got an actual number or sequence of numbers and letters which is your jid um, mm-hmm. which sits separately from your psn id which obviously all the new games use but yeah as you say it's pretty worrying because it means they're just basing everything off your off your at, actual name value, which um, yeah isn't too good. But yeah, and I guess that they're probably thinking that you know the PS3 is kind of had its day. They're not going to worry about those games back then, and it, it sounds like they're focusing on the bigger games pre-April 2018. So I imagine stuff you know like GTA Online, Overwatch, stuff like that is all going to be in hand. So so it's probably only going to affect a minimal amount of people. Unfortunately, probably for for communities like trophy hunters it's going to seem like a a bigger deal because we're going to be wanting to try and get some of those older online trophies before the servers go down but if you change your name are you still going to be able to access those and there's a lot of unanswered questions so i think that yeah it's it's certainly going to be an interesting one to see whether anyone actually wants to do this speaking of unanswered questions we have a question and it's from dave crow and he says actually this is question of the week as well so congratulations to you dave and you said looking at playstation announcing the ability to change your psn name it seems to fall wildly short of matching xbox with the possibility of causing errors and issues in games uh, where you'd have to revert back to the original Uh, should this feature even be released in this state wow it's a big question yeah so so yeah so there is a another caveat in that note that i said earlier is that basically if if you're finding that you're having trouble with your new name, you can revert back to your original ID for free once at any time. But again, there's a caveat there, because it says reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues <laughs> caused by the ID change. So they're not even what committing about- to say so if you if you switch it back, it may still break things. Yeah. So what about if you have a super cool PSN ID now? Change mm. it to something else that's super cooler. Yeah. But then another user really likes your old super cool mm. PSN ID and then takes that. Yeah. Yeah. How would you reverse? I was just going to say you can't switch them around like that. Like it's because they did say you got an option to show your old ID next to it, didn't they? Yeah. So maybe you're going to end up with just multiple IDs kind of assigned to maybe you. Maybe it's time based. And you can't. I don't know. Grab them. Yeah. I mean, they did say that with that, with the, the fact that you can display your old ID next to your new one you can only choose to do that at the point that you change you can't that's not a feature you can switch on later so i I don't know whether they're basically saying you can retain your record of what your old id was but we're still going to scrub it after we've basically stuck it next to your new id because it kind of sounds like that would be the case so Mm. yeah it's a weird one and i kind of agree with dave that maybe the features shouldn't be released in this state but obviously they are doing a beta test with it I guess the, the issue there is is that who is going to want a beta test potentially destroying their own account? Um, it's it's a little bit of a, a bit of an ask, I think. But I think to be honest, like I was saying earlier, the fact that they have released the ID name change announcement in this state is partly a sign of their shifting in terms of trying to be more open to the public. I think I think that clearly the fact that they know that games that were released past April twenty eighteen, they know they're okay means that they've been working on this for a little while and normally for sony they'd probably wait a good year before they kind of said anything at least but they're obviously trying to be a bit more open about what they're up to and i think that this is all kind of to do with the the cross play stuff really that i think that they're trying to 
trying to be a, a bit more open about what their processes are and what they're working towards, whether it's ready or not. So, yeah, it's certainly I personally wouldn't recommend that anyone try and do this yet because it does sound so vague and so corporate speaky that I wouldn't want to guarantee what happens when you change your name. So unless you're really desperate, um, it's probably worth hanging on until at least the full functionality has come out. And then maybe a couple of months after that to see what horror stories come out of it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing from what they're saying, it's like something that's obviously been massively requested for a few years mm. and i don't think it's a case of should they be releasing it in this state i think this is the only yeah. state they can release it say the same. because of the way that they were set up in the past they like ollie said before they're obviously set up where all the games use the actual psn id rather than xbox as a zooid mm. so if you change it everything just switches in the background mm. seamlessly they obviously weren't set up like that and i guess the the issue with it being older games is, you know, they can't go back to a publisher or a developer and say, you must yeah. update the, the game code to use our new ID system rather than the actual name. Mm. So that's probably why. I'm, I'm guessing if publishers and developers are still around, you know, so obviously if the studio is closed, they're yeah. struggle. Yeah. But I'm guessing if peop- if a game finds that it this is causing issues, you know, in their game, then I'm guessing they'll be pretty keen to switch in. It's probably just a few lines of code, you know, to change from use this instead of ID, you know, type thing. Yeah, and it sounds like there's going to be a list of games when it comes to full launch next, early next year. There's going to be a list of, of games that, that support it. So people, I guess, can kind of judge, okay, am I ever going to play anything other than these, you know, I don't know, 50 games that came out before 2018 anyway. And and therefore, is it going to be worth me just switching it because I'm not going to touch anything else? <laughs> it's an interesting one. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep you updated on TT, <laughs> how it develops. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be testing it, though, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit more industry news to cover. So there's rumours this week that which seem to be strong rumours that Microsoft are closing in on acquiring RPG developer Obsidian. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kind of story broke on Kotaku, and he had sources who were seemingly directly kind of involved or around the negotiations saying it's 90% done and a matter of when, not if. So... I suppose it makes sense. So, if you don't know Obsidian, like the, the thing that I know them most famously for is they developed Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. But they're at the moment, like they're kind of in that weird area of being a double A, triple A indie developer. Mm-hmm. And as we know from Telltale, it's not really that easy out there to survive like that. So, and Microsoft obviously needs studios, and they're obviously on a push for new studios so i guess this makes sense i remember there was hints of this maybe like a month or two ago Mm. and now it seems to be getting more concrete so it's it's looking like it might happen obviously microsoft have got that big xo event in november so it could be something that's done pretty much and going to be announced there Mm. we'll have to wait and see but I'm obviously not a fan of RPGs. I know you've recently played um, New Vegas for TA Playlist, yeah. Sam. So thoughts on this one? Is it something they need? Yeah. I mean, this would be a huge get. This would be, I mean, even compared to the companies they've already snapped up, Obsidian are, aren't just, it's not just about the games that Obsidian have made, but the games that some of their key developers have made in the past. I mean, they, they were, a lot of them were involved in Fallout from the very beginning in the PC days. And a lot of their developers have been involved in all sorts of well-received narrative based RPGs, some of the big stuff on PC. And I think it's a huge deal for Obsidian as well, because one of the things they're they're relatively famous for beyond New Vegas is the fact that Pillars of Eternity was one of the big early Kickstarter successes. And right. at the moment they have they they've kind of been living project to project sort of through Kickstarter. Um because they had they actually ran into a hell of a lot of trouble after New Vegas came out. And Pillars of Eternity was was really a make or break for them. They were really down to the wire similar to Telltale at one point before before the Kickstarter was successful. So I can see why those developers would would be relieved to be 
potentially to be picked up by someone like Microsoft, despite you know what people might think of Microsoft. The the fact that they they have to gamble every single time they launch a project that they're even going to get the funding for it. I imagine it would be very very uh, tempting for them to to go over to Microsoft, much as the developers behind Hellblade did. You know, yeah, they were they were. Say, big, it sounds like Ninja Theory. Exactly. Situation. Yeah, because they were really struggling, even though Hellblade was was successful. Um, and they were very relieved to to kind of jump over to Microsoft. So if if Ninja Theory want to do it and they're happy with it, I can imagine a bunch of people at Obsidian being like, "Well, if those guys are comfortable, it might be a good move for us." And and hopefully we could start to see some decent open world RPGs being developed as as Microsoft exclusives. Maybe. Well, I mean, not hopefully for me as a PlayStation user. But- <laughs> you won't see it. You can sit there. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the interesting so thing is that, yeah, we have got Spider-Man. But, um, but it's interesting to see, I'm intrigued to see how Microsoft play this in terms of exclusivity as well in the future because we haven't necessarily, they've snapped up a lot of studios, but they've. I don't think they've ever specifically said that every single one of those studios is only ever going to develop a single platform game. I know it would make a lot of sense for them, obviously, but who knows? I mean, Minecraft is Minecraft is obviously everywhere so it's not necessarily exclusive we don't know that yet compulsion games obviously released we happy few on playstation yep. still after the purchase yep. we've had this week ninja theory announced retail versions of hellblade which is still ps4 i mean there's not any work into it i suppose mm. is they but it doesn't seem like they're holding the companies back from doing things like that but I don't know. If they're going to shell out a lot of money, I, can't, I, can't, I imagine it'd be Xbox exclusive. Yeah. I hope it'd be Xbox exclusive for us because we, <laughs> we don't have anything at the minute. <laughs> but again, I suppose it's going to be interesting to see what they've been doing recently and, you know, where that's going and what's going to happen. And that could be another thing we won't see for years. Could be something that we're going to see soon. Mm. We'll have to wait and see if it indeed happens. All right, and then last little bit of industry news this week. The October update for the Xbox One is rolling out. So the big new feature is the new avatars that I know a lot of people have been excited about. I've not really liked them so far, to be honest. It's it's just annoying because, like, I've not bothered with avatars since the 360 days. Yeah. and But a a lot of the stuff that you had on the 360 hasn't, made its way across yet so if it if it will i don't know but too much faffing around to spend five minutes designing an avatar and i can i can just be playing (laughs) okay it doesn't port your old avatar to the new versions or does it there's an option i think when you go in because i had it in test and I, I, i just gave up quickly but i'm pretty certain there was an option you know to import it and it would kind of try and copy that into the newer style, but like say, like my character's got a Mohican, there was no Mohican, so that went, and then I had a guitar, which <laughs> the whole thing, uh, that came across and stuff. Your whole so. identity's gone. <laughs> yeah, so I just kind of left it there and went, no Mohican, no Avatar, give up. But yeah, Avatar's was the big thing. There's also the Dolby Vision HDR streaming support for the S and the Xbox One X and new language stuff, so that should be arriving on your Xbox soon. They've definitely slowed down, haven't they, with the updates? Do you remember when it was like guaranteed one a month, mm. early days of the Xbox One? Yeah. And they, they made quite a big thing about constantly updating, whereas, I don't know, it must be, I guess, three or four months since we've had a reasonable-sized update on the console. But they try to improve it, just make it faster, please. <laughs> <laughs> just want my dashboard faster, that is it. <laughs> All right, and then the last piece this week of news is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There's a patch on both the PlayStation as well, I think it is, on the Xbox, that fixes the Dr. Croft and Completionist achievement and trophies, Mm -hmm. which would have previously prevented you from, obviously, getting your Platinum or your 100% gamer score. Not, I know you played it. What was the? Do you know what the actual issue was around these? Yeah, it looked like there was just. I mean, with a lot of completionist like achievements and trophies getting bro- getting broken, it's just that there were a few lists of stuff that you're collecting and a few quests that weren't necessarily logging properly in the background, so it just wasn't adding up to 100. Um, right. Okay. But I, I honestly never got that far. Like, I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed the game enough, but it's not the kind of game I wanted to go and mop up all the collectibles in anyway. So it's uh it's not necessarily something that's been 
affecting me, but it, it, it never, it was never a complete bug. It was never something that we flagged as a unobtainable because people were managing to get the platinum and finish off the list. So it's obviously certain circumstances that were causing it, but oh, a big okay. enough deal that people were shouting about it at least. So hopefully this now means that everyone can get to the end of it. Okay. And then one bit of site news, which uh, again is, has gone across an update on both sites. I'm guessing you're probably in a better place to talk about this one than me, Ollie. Well, I didn't work too much on it. Rich did most of the um, development for that one. What do you do? <laughs> oh, don't. don't. I'm working behind the scenes on things that I, uh, I can't mention. How about that? That sounds cool, doesn't it? If I yeah. say it like that. Um, yeah. No, it's basically, um, it's just more features. It's just extended features for blocking gamers on TA and TT, I believe. So if you block someone now, it's not just you press a button and they're blocked. It's you can choose to block their forum posts. You can choose to block friend feed comments from them. Uh, you can choose to block PMs from them. So it's, it's just more uh, customizability, I guess, um, for something which is, to be fair, it's fairly a negative thing. But if you want to block someone in a few different ways, now you can. I don't know about TT, but I know on TA there was uh, a lot of discussion around the subject probably over mm. the last month or two. Yeah, and, and we did have blocking in the past, but I don't think it completely hid people from everywhere. Do you know, you might yeah. see the forum posts and stuff. So now there's, you can block evil gamer yeah. like they have done in the story <laughs> and never see them again hopefully <laughs> so it's, it's good like i never have to see ollie yeah. anymore although he never played anything <laughs> i need to see him on my friend Pete, <laughs> just i've just blocked you i guess that's the reason why you never played <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right so uh talk about what ollie's not been playing oh. quick look at what we have been playing this week i've finally after reviewing Forza and then Assassin's Creed, which definitely weren't bad things, but I've now that I've got a bit of free time, I've managed to get into FIFA 19 properly. It's basically FIFA like it is every year with the odd little improvements, little adjustments, new animations, and that kind of thing. It's good, it's fun. I've started on the journey last night, I'm not finding that particularly great. Like, you don't play the journey if you want to be, you know moved with emotion or anything like that for a story but the way they've done it this year is instead of just following alex hunter like you did previously they've kind of split it between three characters so it's really jarring you'll be playing a few games and all of a sudden it suggests you can you can play them all all the way through but it suggests you know if you want to follow the story properly in proper chronological order you kind of switch between the characters and it just seems really jarring you know jumping around and waiting for a loading screen and then having a little cutscene with one character and then playing a few matches and then doing it again. It's just, I don't know, not particularly fun that way. And it's quite long. You have to play like a full season to finish it. So, but yeah, it's good. I've got, I've unlocked 19 achievements for 405 gamer score this week. So progressing slowly, I hope I should be able to complete. It looks pretty straightforward apart from skill challenges which are annoying, dribbling in and out of cones, and you've got to do it fast without losing control and stuff like that, and shooting and getting an A rank on all of them. So something to work towards. Did a little bit of Forza Horizon 4, nothing kind of spectacular. And the other game I'll let you talk about, because you streamed it. I did indeed. This week. It was Jack and Jill DX, which everyone has played by now except me. I actually am probably going to play it soon. It's a 10 to 15 minute thousand gamer score. So ah, okay. it's very nice for people who want game score, I guess. And um, it's very cheap. It's a very simplistic platformer game where you can, it's a one button game as well. It self advertises itself as a one button game. <laughs> so all you can do in the game is jump um, and it, you move left and right based on if you've hit a wall. So you start moving right and you hit a wall and you go left. Um, so you're just bouncing around jumping and there's like 120 levels or something, but you only need to complete 25 <laughs> of the levels to get the 1,000 gamer score. So the the devs were kind uh, on giving you the achievements. And we did that one. I we got 11 achievements for 1,000 on... That was Tuesday. Uh, on Tuesday, we also did Catastronauts. And I said last week that Catastronauts looked like Overcooked in Space. And it basically is Overcooked in Space. It is fun, though. 
it, it was good. <laughs> like I like overcooked and astronauts basically builds on it. It's a little bit different. You've got loads of different tasks on your spaceship that you have to complete. Like um, like bits will break off, and you've got to like put out fires and stuff. Um, but the kind of way you win. Rather than overcooked, which is just like you're just getting sent orders until you're done, kind of thing. Uh, on catastronauts, you're against an enemy, so you've got to fire your guns at the enemy. Um, right. and they're constantly shooting you, which is why you've got to repair all the time. And they have like a health pool, and once you've depleted it, you win. Um, and there are like loads of different ways you can damage the enemy because uh, there are loads of different types of guns, basically. So you've got to have one person charging up. Uh, bullet and then pass it to the next person um, who puts it in the gun and then waits for the gun to charge up and blah 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 and then some of the guns if you leave them charging for too long they explode and set half the ship on fire so you've got to then put out that and things spiral out of control very quickly but um, (laughs) it's really fun with uh, local co-op that's kind of the intention for the game it's pretty much impossible on your own Um, yeah had a lot of fun got four achievements for 200 um what did we do? We did fishing sim world on the first day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fishing simulator made by the same people who make train sim world actually, which we also did. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it if you don't like fishing, um, obviously, but okay. if you do like fishing <laughs> then it seemed fairly, you know, fairly uh, in depth, you know, there's lots of different types of fishing. We didn't do any fly fishing, but we caught a few bass. I actually came second. I actually came second in the competition. So caught a 20 pound bass. So, nice. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then finally we had artifacts Monday game called my brother rabbit. Uh, like all the artifacts Monday games, it's just a point and click adventure game. Uh, you're kind of in a separate dimension thing, which is some little girl's imagination who's in a hospital. Um, I didn't see much of the story, but uh, Jack was using his point and click skills to decimate <laughs> the game in a very quick manner. Um, it it kind of differs from other Artifacts Monday games in that it's it's very kid friendly. Yeah, there's like hints all over the screen. You know, like if you if you're on a particular screen and there's an item that you need to click on, it kind of highlights it, and th- there isn't the horrible kind of voice acting and cutscenes of the previous artifacts monday games it's kind of all done through animation and stuff like that which i thought it actually looked quite charming yeah, <laughs> it was quite charming especially compared to the other games i've played of there you didn't have an inventory in this one though so you couldn't like get stuff for later which is the only negative i could see from it which is that like you, you could see something on the screen which you obviously needed to pick up at some point but you'd have to wait until a certain point like until you triggered some event later on to go back and get it, which seemed a bit weird to me, but I would recommend it. It's Jack was actually having quite a lot of fun with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for this week. We've got two streams queued up for next week because we've had some issues with codes that didn't work for us. So we are going to get back to you on the next two, but so far we've got guns, Gore and cannoli two, which is like a mafioso style shooting 2d game and deployment which is like top down little shoot 'em up thing uh so yeah i look forward to those hopefully see you in the streams we have one trailing question as well which we couldn't fit into anything and it's from ian triplo he says new games starting to come in and all of a sudden the hard drive starts to fill what is your method for clearing space do you complete a game or do you find an old one to delete i'm just i'm just straight up i just will delete anything I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complete something I don't enjoy playing. No way. What I tend to do is I go. Oh, I'm gonna download those three MMOs that I keep meaning to play <laughs> that are about 100 gigabytes, uh, and then they sit on there for a while until I run out of space, and then I delete them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens every couple of months, I think, pretty much. <laughs> as, I, as I as I complete something else, I go. Oh, I'll download that MMO again. That I keep meaning to try Elder Scrolls Online, particularly. Yeah. And uh, and then eventually I'll buy something else, and it will say you need some space, and I think, well, I'll just get rid of that again. I, I'm never actually gonna play. <laughs> let's face it <laughs> yeah you can never complete those I'm, games either uh, so no exactly quite blessed that I mean and it's pretty fast and good and solid so i've got no problem with your deleting stuff off I, I have got like a five terabyte external as well plugged into both xboxes mm. so 
I, I've never really had the issue since I've got them of actually running out of space because I, I do delete stuff once I've completed it. I'll just remove it. But generally speaking, I'm fine for space. Every now and again, like maybe once every six months, it'll just tell me, do you know, oh, you're running out of space and I'll clear, have a little clear. Because, oh, you, do you know, like games with gold, if you redeem, or if you pick them up from the website, they just kind of automatically download mm. to your home console, yeah. don't they? So that's probably the only issue, just not noticing that rubbish is downloading that I'm probably never going to touch because it's, I'm got, I just pick it up because it's free yeah. type thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're more the type to try and complete something, uh, Dave. If like, even if you might not like it, is that correct? I want to be a completionist, <laughs> but I'm also sane enough that if a game's rubbish and it's depressing me, I'll just go. That's enough. I might try and squeeze out a few, as many achievements as I can, but generally speaking, if if I don't like a game, I'll just drop it at some point. Yeah, I know that Chewy, uh, at least for a while, his 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 method was to at least try and complete like the main campaign if there is one, and try and get to fifty percent on the on the list. And then if he wants to carry on, he will. If not, he's kind of happy to go. Okay, I'm done with that. So that's that's kind of roughly where I've been going. Get the main story done, and then see whether I can I feel like anything else after that. God, I had that on The Witcher where I wanted to like get all the achievements, and then realized i got like 70 percent of the way through the story and i didn't have it on the right difficulty so i didn't get yeah. the max difficulty achievement <laughs> and just gave up yeah. just, i just thought there's yeah. no point now like that is a tough one to go back through yeah. I, I went back through it for death for the death march really? and <sighs> even though it's an amazing game i was pretty sick of it by the end <laughs> yeah. i know to be fair as well there's a lot of different you can make different choices and stuff and different stuff happens but yeah, yeah i'm just not the kind of person to start again for a single achievement even even though i did want it even though i did want to 100 percent it i just couldn't bring myself mm. to do it okay that is it for this week thank you everyone for spending your hour or so listening to us chat about xbox and playstation news we'll be back next friday for lots more and hopefully there'll be some more big juicy things for us to get our mm-hmm. teeth into so we'll see you then <laughs> see Goodbye. ya bye bye